BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. So I'm speaking to you from election day. So that's Tuesday, November 3rd. I have no idea where the world will be on Sunday, November 8th, as you hopefully listen to this episode or Monday or Tuesday, whenever you're listening. But all I can say is that there's a heaviness in the air today. Mercury just went retrograde, which is a positive thing. And I guess we'll see. I mean, we might not even have an answer by Sunday, but I'm just hoping that something progressive happens and something positive happens. But I'm not going to spend too long on that because we have a lot of your questions to answer via the solo part. Today's episode is really exciting. It's with Shanae Alexander. We actually recorded this episode in like May or maybe end of April, very early on. I remember it was the first time I had ever met my boyfriend's parents was like in person was when we recorded this episode. So if anything's dated, you know why. It was a long time ago. For some reason, the episode got lost in the mix because we recorded way too many this summer. And I'm just really glad that we're getting it out there because Shanae is amazing and has some really interesting thoughts that I'm excited for you to hear. So the first order of business is talking about hookup anxiety. This is a really big and important subject. Just the idea of, you know, sleeping with them and then feeling bad about yourself or just having any or all types of anxiety post hookup. It's a very, very normal thing that everybody goes through and everybody deals with. So first and foremost, I just want to normalize that. If you are going through any form of hookup anxiety, you are not alone at all. And it can be really difficult. And it can be like a cycle of sorts of like, okay, I want to wait. Okay, now I did it. Now I feel bad. Should I have done that? And just like beating up on yourself and, you know, did I do anything wrong? I feel ashamed. I'm scared about STDs, about pregnancy. What if they, will they want to see me again? Will they make fun of me? If Will I smell? Why haven't they texted me? What if people find out that I did this? Like it can be a cycle. And for me, when I was single and I decided to hook up with someone or, you know, sleep with them, take it to the next level, it was really important for me to feel like I was not only comfortable with this person, but that they were invested in me enough that afterwards, no matter what, they would text me. But I remember this one person, you know, I was in like a kind of depressed place in my life and I hadn't hooked up with someone in a while. And I, and I hooked up with this person and I did something that I don't normally do and like kind of went further with them than I have in the past and like did something to them, like whatever, you know, I gave them head sorry, parents who are listening. And then they didn't message me. And I was so upset. And I remember after that, I was like, okay, no one's getting head unless they're my boyfriend from this point forward. And then just like in general with deciding when to sleep with someone, like, again, like I want to feel like they're invested in me. And that's a me thing. I'm not saying that you don't have to sleep with someone right away, but you really have to have zero expectations and you have to go into it knowing that like whatever happens, I'm okay with it and I make peace with it. And 
post-hookup anxiety is so real that if you're going to make those decisions, you have to know that you might feel X, Y, and Z after doing this thing. And if you're okay with that, then you hook up. But if you're not, then don't make a decision in the heat of a moment that you're going to regret later. Like play out how you're going to feel. And if you're not going to feel good, don't do it. But don't think that you did anything wrong. Don't think that you're going to be made fun of. Don't feel disgusting. Just take all the necessary precautions and then you shouldn't feel as anxiety ridden, but it's hard. Deleting dating apps. Do you have to discuss this with your partner? So I think that no one should be deleting a dating app until you're official. I actually remember my boyfriend had Hinge on his phone for a bit. And that made me feel nervous because I wasn't on any of the dating apps when we got together because I was recently single. And I remember thinking like, oh, he has Hinge. Like, what if he's talking to people? And then once we became boyfriend and girlfriend, I think it was like a day or two in, he was like, I'm going to deactivate my dating apps. And like, he did it in front of me and like, it was really cute. And then I was like, well, what have you been doing this whole time? And he was like, oh, I was like invisible or or there was like some feature you could do where you're inactive on the dating app, but you have it. And so I guess he had marked himself as inactive. Like once we were, I don't know, a month in or whatever it was, which I thought was really cute. And that's also a good feature because like you should still have the app. You shouldn't have to redo the whole thing, redo your profile if it doesn't work out, but like put yourself as inactive if you're really into someone else or keep dating until you're official. But I think it's awkward to be like, hey, have you deleted your app? I'm, should I delete my app? It like puts pressure on people. How would you work through communicating you're upset about something, even if you know it's not fair of you to be upset about? I think exactly what you just said. Hey, I know it's not fair of me to be upset about this thing, but I am and I can't control how I feel. But listen, I really, it would mean a lot to me if you would unfollow that bikini model or whatever it is, you know, it would really mean a lot to me if you would spend less time with this person because for some reason it makes me feel a type of way. Or if you don't want to spend less time with this person, I want to talk about why I might feel this way and what I need from you in order to feel better about this. I remember when I was single, I used to be like, oh my God, everyone is in a relationship and everyone who's in a relationship like looks so cute and they have such nice jewelry that like their partner got them. Like, screw that. You don't have to be in a relationship to get yourself nice jewelry. I remember when I was single and I realized that I could get myself whatever the F I wanted to. And you know, I'm obsessed with astrology. So I obviously went on Majuri's website and I found all of their astrologically related jewelry, my Libra bracelet, my Libra necklace, my Libra ring, you name it, I have it. And what's amazing about Majuri is it's fine jewelry, but it's for every single day. Like I never take it off. I wear it in the shower. It's epic. It never goes bad or like rusts or anything gross like that. It just stays amazing and shiny. And I love it personally. And it's also a great gift. If you're thinking about making a wish list for the holidays or asking your partner for something or getting things for your partner or anyone They have so many different options for you, like hoops and earrings and chains, layering stuff, diamonds, even wedding bands if you want to take it there. So for you guys, I want to give you 10% off your first order by going to Majuri, M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme for 10% off your first order when you're checking out. So go to majuri.com slash Acme. You'll get 10% off your first order. Let us know if there are any issues and show me your cool pieces. Tag me in them on Instagram. So M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme. Hi, this is Deborah Messing. And I'm Andana Dayani. We decided to create a podcast to introduce you to the people who inspire us most. These are the dissenters. The people who just made a decision one day to break down the establishment and build a new one. In the greatest times of grief or even the most ordinary of circumstances, many heroes will rise. You just have to take that first step. So please tune in. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. There are heroes everywhere. Discover them. Become one. 
Would you stay with your partner if you love them, but you didn't want to marry them? So for me, if I were younger than 25, yeah, why not? But I'm not going to lie. Post 25, it was hard for me to date people that I didn't see a future with. And again, that's just a me thing. It doesn't mean that you can't, but I am traditional and I want to get married and I want to have kids. And it was harder for me, you know, once I realized in my post 25 year old relationships that it wasn't going to be that I was done and I was out of it. And for me, that was enough to say, okay, it's time to move on. How can you be a caring friend, but still have time for yourself? Well, you have to work on yourself first and you have to put yourself first no matter what. Like I, you know, I have a friend who like, I have a few friends, we text all the time and sometimes a friend might need me, but I'm in the middle of a workout. And unless it's a serious problem, I'm getting through that workout. And because I got through that workout, I'm able to then show up for that friend and be there for that friend. I think you can just be honest. Like I asked a friend of mine to do something recently and she was like, you know what? I don't have like the capacity for that right now, or I don't have the space for that right now, but I love you. And hearing that was so comforting. I was like, this person still wants to be my friend, still wants to be a part of my life, but can't do this. And that's okay. So I think it's all about setting mature boundaries and communicating that it's not like you don't want to be their friend, but you can't do X, Y, and Z for them right now. You can't make that space. Knowing when it's your turn to reach out and make plans. For me as a woman dating a man, not until we're official. Unless I remember I got tickets to a Nick game when I was dating my now boyfriend and we weren't official. And on one of our dates as it was ending, I was like, oh, I have tickets to you know next week's game if you want to come. But I only did that because I knew it was something that he would want to go to. And it wasn't like I was pulling a date out of my ass just to like have a plan with him and to like see where we stood. Running out of things to talk about in therapy, is that good or bad? Hmm, that's a great question. And I actually really love this one. And I'm surprised we haven't addressed it before. For me, I think it's I think it's a pretty good thing. I think it means that you're needing it less and less. Like right now, I'm seeing my therapist a lot less than I used to. And I think that's because like I'm in a stable relationship and I'm all good with my family right now. And I'm actively working on myself in other ways. But I think it's bad in terms of like, if you're running out of things to talk about because you're not being fully honest about certain things or you're avoiding things that you should be talking about, then it's definitely bad. But if you're running out of things because genuinely things are good, then that's great. My advice to you would be to make a list of things that you want to talk about with your therapist as they happen. Because a lot of the time I'll have, let's say, therapy on a Thursday, but the fight with my partner was that weekend and I resolved it by then, but I wanted to talk about it in therapy. So I would then write it down as the fight was happening so that I could go over it in therapy that next week. How much should you tell your significant other of one year about family drama without them judging your parents? I think the right significant other is actually not going to judge your parents. They're going to listen and they're going to understand. And they're going to say, if you want their opinion, they're going to give them, give you their opinion. But the right person would never pit you against your family or hold grudges against your family. And so I think the right person, you can tell them anything. And especially when you're a year in, you don't have to hold back with that stuff. And if you're still holding back, then there could be a red flag situation there. Since all partners can't be perfect, what are the negative qualities to work through? Oh my God, so many. I think communication issues, you can work through those. Um, Passive aggressiveness, you can work through that. I mean, that all comes from communication in so many ways. I think sexual issues, you can work through. Trust issues, not so much unless they're coming from self-sabotage. But qualities to work through, I, I don't know, I guess bad communicators or bad listeners or you know, bad team workers, make sure you're on the same team. How to address a guy coming too quickly without offending them. I would say something like, Hey, I am so happy 
like and flattered when you come during sex and that it's, you know, relatively quick. But I would love if there were a way that we could figure out how to make it last longer for both of us, because I would love if we had sex for like 20 minutes one one time, just because first of all, it's a workout. And second of all, I want a chance to come too. And I feel like our sex can get better and better if we work together or something like that. How to get guys to open up more after five dates. I always say use the 36 questions that lead to love. Why not? Um, But don't ask all the questions. There are some dark ones, but Google 36 questions that lead to love New York times. And you can thank me later. We also have some really good questions on our Patreon, patreon.com slash we met at Acme. Seeing X for the first time since breakup in friend group. How do I act? If it were me, I would act like we never dated and all is well. Like, hey, how's it going? How was your quarantine? But that's my MO is like to act like I don't care. Um, But also because I think that that's mature. Like if you're like making a big deal out of it and like, oh my God, like Bobby's here, hide me. Or like no one talked to Bobby. I think it actually has a way worse effect than if you're just like approaching them head on. Like, hey, Bobby. How's it going? And then also like people will talk less. They're not going to be like, oh my God, like Jane and Bobby, look at them. They're going to be like, oh, Jane and Bobby are civil. We can all be civil and we can all move on with our lives. And last but not least, dating with a chronic illness, how to do that. Listen, I think you be honest with what you're dealing with. And it goes back to, I always say this, but the right person will be like, okay, we'll tackle that. You have Lyme disease. We'll make it work. If you feel tired sometimes, just tell me and I'll understand. And they won't hold it against you. They'll want to learn more about it. They'll want to do research and they'll want to accommodate you because you're a special person and you're not any less special because you have a chronic illness. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Shanae. And I like always want to call her China, but it's Shanae because her name is spelled so amazingly uniquely and she is awesome. So check this out. I think if moving back to the city has taught me anything, it's that it's just not as fun to cook. Like just this tiny little kitchen that barely has any space with so much clutter. It's just not fun. And I will just realize that it's so much easier to have delicious food delivered to me especially when it is good for you. And that's why I'm telling you guys today about Daily Harvest, which you've heard me talk about before because I'm obsessed with right now. And it just makes it easier for me to not question if the food that I'm putting in my body is good for me because they have got my back. They never use preservatives. Daily Harvest never adds sugar or artificial ingredients. And they actually work directly with farms to freeze their ingredients at like peak ripeness to lock in all the nutrients and taste. So it's incredible. I have their smoothies for breakfast and I can add a little collagen, you know, to stay youthful. I love their crisp flatbreads for lunch or for dinner or just like comfort food on a day like today, which is election day. But when you're listening to this, it's Sunday and I don't even know what to say. Hopefully things will be in order, but I guess we'll see. And they also have hearty soups, which are perfect to keep you warm through fall, through winter, through it all. And you can just put it in your freezer if you're not ready to eat it right away, which is amazing. So I want you to try it. Daily Harvest makes it easy to eat clean, but also, you know, makes it clean too, because you don't have to clean up a whole mess. Undeniably delicious food, no matter what your day brings to you. Keep it simple with Daily Harvest and go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code ACME to get $25 off of your first box. That's promo code ACME for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Shanae Alexander, who is a podcast host of a podcast called Press Send and a content creator. Hey, Shanae. Hey, how's it going? We just recorded an episode of Press Send and I, I'm like, I feel like we're in the groove minus technological errors. <laughs> 
We're in the groove. We've had some technological issues, but we're very deep into convo already. So hopefully we are. everyone can meet us, can meet us there in our little groove. So Shanae, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from and how old you are. So I am 34. It was funny. I was telling people I was 33 for a really long time. I am 34. I was really shaving off some years. I lived in Texas most of my life, but I moved around a ton but I've been in New York for the last 12 years. And I think I get my New York City card now in the mail at oh, some yeah. point. You do. You do. It's coming. I think they said it was seven years is the cutoff, but I'm at 12. So I feel good about that. And I was born in Korea. And so my family and I moved from there when I was like four and a half. So half Korean, moved to Texas, and then could not wait to get my ass to New York as soon as possible. Which you know we all should be doing if we haven't already. Best um, place in the I- world. When is... Because we're a little bit into astrology on on We Mad at Acme. When is your birthday? So I am a Virgo. I'm 827. Mm. So... And I'm very much a Virgo. Do you know what your are rising you? and moon sign? I do. I Okay. So I always have to reference my my app. Do you have an app that you like Yeah, CoStar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mm. I, I use CoStar, but also people are like... The pattern. I don't I know. Have, what I have both. You, I have both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have them, but I'm not good at it. So I am a Capricorn moon rising Sagittarius. I'm also a Capricorn moon. You are? I love that. Oh my God. Is this why we like each other? Yes. When Capricorn moons meet Capricorn moons, they feel like they know each other already. They feel this sense of like understanding. How have you, how have you, and pardon me if you've explained this already, but how have you mm-hmm. learned so much about this? And like, how, how have you not selfishly learned about other people other than yourself? Because I have not. Oh, I have. Oh, I have. Um, I actually use astrology to understand other people probably equally as much as I use it to understand myself. Um, I learned about it because I got a book in college and I started reading. It was called The Secret Language of Birthdays. And it was it was told you about yourself based on your actual birthday. So for you, it would be, um, you know, August 27th. And I started reading it and I was like, this is crazy spot on. And like, I'm not religious. I'm, you know, I'm not a big believer in God, but like, this is the religion I can get behind is astrology. And so I just started doing research up, you know, up until this point. And I've seen a bunch of different astrologers. So I kind of like take what they've told me and, and like sponge it all in. Yeah. Have you ever like been very hesitant to date someone or befriend someone when you find out their birthday? The only, and and I'm saying this because we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, the only sign that I don't understand that well is Pisces. Um, That's my boyfriend. And I was just, so I was just going to ask, okay, we have to, we have to get into this. Okay. Get okay. into it because it's, so, it's a lot. So Shanae, what's your current relationship status, even though you just told us? Yeah, no. So I have a boyfriend. Um, we've been together since, we're, we're about a year and six months in. And for about a year and five months of that, we've been living together. So okay. we're like very, very in. And you and your boyfriend are opposite zodiac signs, which yes. is fascinating to probably most of our listeners who you know know anything about astrology because opposites either attract or they can't stand each other. And so I would love to hear your story with... His name is Craig, right? Yeah, Craig. How did you guys meet and connect? So um, we met on a lovely app called Tinder. <laughs> um, I was doing it. I was I was doing all the apps at the time. I was very much putting a lot of my time and energy into Hinge. I was mm. checking Tinder very infrequently because that was the app I used in my youth. But I was like, you know, I'll check it. So uh, I had seen that he had messaged me and uh, like a month prior, and I. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I should really check this more. So I messaged him back. And then right away, like five minutes later, he messaged me back. And I now know the story. He was like, holy shit, this girl messaged me back. I got to get back to her right away. So in case she disappears for another month. And he was like, is there any way we can just move this to text? Because obviously you're not checking this app. And I was like, sure. So he texted me. He was like, can I take you out You know, next week or whatever? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm always like down to meet in person mm-hmm. because like I hate small talk on the apps. Yeah. It and um, so then we set a date and then I was like, wait, what do you do? 
again. Not that it matters, but he was like, oh, I'm a musician. And I was like, no. Like I've dated, <laughs> I've dated every musician in New York. And I'm like, I, I can't date another musician. And so I, this is horrible. I kind of like weaned off of talking to him. Oh, and then he mm. sent me a weird picture of him in a cowboy hat. And I was like, I'm, I'm mystified. And I like, don't think I like this person. And so I kind of let the date roll around and didn't go, but we hadn't set a spot. He had just been like, how's Tuesday night? And then he was texting me to like make a plan. And I just didn't text him back. And then the next day he texts me and he's like, listen, so no problem. That didn't work out. How's Friday? And I was like, this guy is not going to leave me alone. I was Mm. like, I'll go on one date. He's a musician. I'll either like fall in love with him or I'll hate his guts. And we went to like a random little bar in Bed-Stuy on like the coldest night of the year. I gave zero shits. I was wearing this giant yellow puffer jacket. Like it was, I was not trying to be cute. And five minutes after he came in, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this guy is super special and like nothing what I thought he was. Mm. Um, Turns out he's a little bit like what I thought he was um, in in some ways. I mean, he's definitely, we're super different. But yeah, that's how we met. And I was dating someone else at the time at the same time and had to kind of do the thing where we I chose one of them over the other just based on like a gut instinct and mm-hmm. had a really like mature discussion with the other one of like, hey, I just need to like pick someone at this point right. and like follow it through a little bit. And um, Craig, we had sex on our fourth date and then he basically moved into my apartment. So ex- <laughs> explain that. How... How did he do that? And really, how did he do that without you getting turned off? You know what? I'm an only child. I'm super bratty and I don't like people in my space. I'm very Mm -hmm. generous, but I don't want people to be in my space. And I like things very much the way I like them. Mm -hmm. And so every other relationship I've had, I've never lived with a significant other because after three days of them being there, I'm like, could you go home? (laughs) I'm like, this is a lot. But with Craig, like he started spending the night and I was like, wow, I really like don't want him to go home. And every day he'd be like, you know, I could like totally like go to my place. And I was like, just go get clothes and come back. And so I got so sick of him going between my house and Bushwick that I bought a dresser and I opened up a closet for him. And I knew that's really when love superseded my only childness mm. is when I gave away my closet space to someone. Right. Oh, in New York? Of oh, that, that is, I gave a him a ring, basically. I proposed to him. Pretty much. If you live in a city like me, you know how annoying and how much of a pain in the ass it is to get new furniture. And so you just keep the same furniture over and over and then you hate it eventually. And then you can't get rid of it because you can't sell it and you go on a website and it's sketchy as hell and you can't sell anything. And when you do sell something, you have to talk to a creepy person. And anyway, you know that nightmare, but that's why I am making your life different from this point on because of my dear friend, Feather. If you haven't already heard of Feather, it is a furniture rental company and not just any furniture, high quality, beautifully designed furniture that to be honest with you, I wouldn't have been able to pick out on my own because it is just that gorgeous. I went to my friend's apartment the other day. My friends, Brian and Katie, shout out. They're amazing. And I was like, where did you get this table? And they were like, oh, it's Feather. And I was like, what the hell is that? And so I went and did my research and I am absolutely obsessed. If you didn't already know this, people who live in cities move six to eight times before they hit their early 30s. That is insanity. And furnishing a one bedroom, and I'm not even talking a two bedroom, a one bedroom can cost upwards of $6,000. No, no, no. Who has that kind of money? Not me. So with Feather, you're getting high quality, 
stunningly designed furniture that you probably couldn't pick out on your own for the cost of your monthly utility bill. Like that's it. And their delivery team, not to mention, brings you the furniture directly to your home. It is set up for you. You don't even need to assemble it. So if like me, you are Jewish and therefore do not know how to assemble furniture, guess what? It comes assembled. And they've also got rugs, lamps, wall art, like anything that you could want, side tables, moving air conditioners, like literally think about it and Feather has it and it's nicer than what you would have picked out. So also, did I mention that because you're renting from Feather, you're choosing a sustainable alternative to fast furniture that will not end up in landfills. And get this, this is the craziest part and you're going to freak out. Because I love you guys and I want your places to look amazing, Feather has an exclusive offer for just We Met at Acme listeners. If you go to livefeather.com and you use promo code ACME, A-C-M-E, of course, you'll receive your first month free up to $500. So literally a free month up to $500 off. Like what? That is crazy. Go to livefeather.com, use promo code ACME for a free month up to $500. That is a huge offer. And if you don't take advantage of it, I don't know what you're thinking, but you need to do it immediately. If you live in New York, San Francisco, or LA, get Feather Furniture now. Livefeather.com, promo code ACME, $500. Check it out. What about you guys is similar and what about you guys is different? Like, how do you find a balance of like having enough similar and enough different? You know what? I thought in the beginning, I mean, in the beginning, obviously everything's gravy, you know, for the first, you know, three or four months, you're in that like stage of just like, you see them like walking across the room and you're like, oh my God, I'm so in love. You know, and then the real life shit hits and you're like trying to cover up your poop smell. And like, you know, that's like where you're at at that point. Mm -hmm. But I think with Craig, um, we're actually really different. We're so different. And maybe that's the Virgo Pisces thing. We're definitely opposites in almost every single way. And at first that was really worrying to me because I was like, wow, he lets everything roll off his back. He's kind of in the clouds all the time. He's a dreamer. He hates timelines. I live off a timeline. Same. Love a timeline. Like need to know. Um, Need to know a plan. I like surprises on occasion, but like hate just like ambiguity with what's going on. I'm like, well, what do I wear? Me too. I'm triggered. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a real specific personality type and he is just the opposite. So that was like hard for me. I mean, truthfully, it was like really hard. And I think it was hard for both of us because, you know, he was like, he had moved to New York not too long before that. Another reason why I didn't want to date him because I was like, you need to get, yeah, I was like, you need to get this out of your system a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. So much about him was, I was fearful of so many things about him just because I was like, okay, he doesn't know what he wants. He's a musician that's transitioning into the real job market. Like not real as in that musicians aren't a job, but just like a more nine to five sort of thing. I was like, he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know where where he's going. You know, how do I get serious with this person? And what I learned through that process and what I'm still learning, truthfully, is that his difference than me in like his flightiness and his like less groundedness actually balances my overly type A tightened asshole mentality so Mm. well. I mean, I can't tell you how much I needed someone to kind of let me have a little levity in my Mm -hmm. life and a little bit of, I don't know, looseness because I'm so planned. And so that to me was something I've really learned through this relationship is letting someone undo me a little bit. Right. Um, And then I give him structure. Mm-hmm. that he's never had, which terrifies him and, you know, makes him really uncomfortable at times. But we've learned to really navigate that. And I would say on, you know, now that we're a year and a half in, we're like, oh, we needed each other. Right. A year and a half in, what is 
your sex life supposed to be like with someone if, if things are, you know, if it's a good relationship, is it something that's still happening, you know, every day? Um, just because my like longest relationships in the past, I don't know, eight years have, have kind of gotten to the a year and a half mark. And then it's like the sex. And, but again, because these were not good relationships kind of like dwindles and that starts to be a red flag. Like where should you be at a year and a half in with someone? I mean, people write in about this all the time on my mm-hmm. podcast and we talk to a sex therapist about it and kind of like how does sex, how much or how little sex and and the frequency and all that like kind of indicate a good relationship. And for me, it all is dependent on like other circumstances. So for me, depending on if we've had a crazy week, if I'm on my period, like I thought we'd be during like, quarantine time. I thought quarantine time would be banging around time. Right. <laughs> no, it's just not because anxiety and like the world crumbling around you apparently isn't a time where you feel super sexy. Um, especially when you're wearing soft clothes all day around each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I would say right now we probably have sex like four to five times a week, which I feel like is pretty good at, you know, this stage in our relationship. I think definitely there are times when it's more and there's times when it's less. I've tried to really not get in my head about it. That's the main thing that I'm trying to learn is like, don't get in your own head about it because getting in your own head will prevent sex from happening. Yeah, and like, that's so true. it's fine. There's like weeks where you're like, man, I feel gross or I'm exhausted or we just ate Indian food. And I am like, the thought of like having sex right now, I'm like, I feel like a penis would be like poking my non. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't sound good. So I think, um, yeah, I think for us four to five times a week is kind of where we're at. I think that's a great frequency. Like that's amazing. I mean, there's definitely been like, there was like two weeks in quarantine where I was sick. I got coronavirus for two weeks and then Mm. I had my period. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I am so sorry. Um, But like coughing up a lung like during sex isn't the, isn't the hottest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it, I think so many people really like validate or invalidate their relationship based on like the amount of sex. I would say if you're not having sex for like weeks, probably should check in. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it, it varies. What do you think is like, what in your previous relationships, what do you think is a normal quote unquote normal amount for that time? Well, I'm like, I'm a very sexual person. Like I have a high sex drive. So for me, like once a day is, is, you know, well, okay. If we're not living together, it's just like every time we see each other, right? Unless it's like a pop in and say hi. It's like every time we see each other and like have a sleepover, like why wouldn't we have sex, you know? Um, But I've been in relationships where like we maybe once a week if I'm lucky, maybe once every two weeks. And like that to me was not, it just, I just wasn't satisfied. Um, because yeah. Especially like, if you're a very sexual person. Yeah. And like physical touch is part of my love language is that like, you know, means something to me. So it was just like, it was not, it was not great. You mentioned that you had Corona. How did you like find out? And what was that like for you? Just cause I don't think we've spoken to someone who, who had it on the podcast yeah. Yeah. So one night I was like, I just, you know what? We just like, I feel like women are so intuitive with their bodies. Like I really mm-hmm. always am very conscious of like when I start feeling weird, I feel like every woman has like a radar for when they're about to start their period. It was kind of actually like that. I was like, Ooh, I feel weird. And I feel like I have a fever. And sure enough, I took my temperature, had like a low fever. And then the next morning, bam, I woke up, I felt like absolute garbage and was I I called my doctor and they were like, if you're not like on your deathbed, you need to like stay at home and not get tested because New York Mm -hmm. just had like, it's not great testing systems, still don't. Um, And I was fine with that because I was like, I'm not at high risk. I'm okay. Like it's, we're going to be fine. But you know, it's crazy because doing content creation, like influencer work, you really do have a lot of people that are like, oh, I can test you or like, we'll do favors for you. And I really Mm. was like, I don't want to have any favors. Like, I don't want to put more pressure on like the system 
then I have to. I'm good. I don't need the assurance of like if I'm sick or not. I'm sick. And I think it's this. So I mean, it definitely sucked. I had a very mild case compared to a lot of people. My doctor was like, you need to quarantine away from your boyfriend. And I was like, there's no way. Like we live in a, an apartment that we share a bathroom. Right. And we have a dog. Like there's no way that we can really do that. So we both kind of committed to like, okay, we're both either going to get sick or whatever. And my boyfriend never got sick. <laughs> Not that I wanted yeah. him to get sick, but he never got oh, sick. And amazing. I'm the one, I'm the one that's like drinking like immunity shots and like taking ginseng and ginger and turmeric. And he's like, you know, likes pepperoni pizza. And I'm like, wait, how am I the one that got sick? But definitely coronavirus is like, no, no joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. And for everyone who doesn't know, Press Send podcast is Shanae's podcast. And basically you can send in questions via her website and she'll give you advice so you don't have to like deal with your problems alone. And I wonder what is like, are there any questions that came in that really stumped you or just really like left you, you know, you still think about that question sometimes or it became like a lifelong debate with you and, you know, someone that you're close with or something like that? Yeah, there's actually like a really funny one that sticks with me. And then there's a Mm -hmm. really, like there's some really like heartbreaking ones that stick with you. Like, I mean, people that are like finding out that their partner has like another family you know, like that kind of stuff really sticks with you or like, you know, a girl got a call from her significant other's wife and she's pregnant. So like things like that, I mean, they're not all that dramatic. Some of it, a lot of it's just like, you know, my boyfriend's annoying or, you know, I am thinking about moving to New York. But the funny one that really stuck with me is a girl, she had a boyfriend who constantly was getting Charlie Chaplin tattoos and she was like, why does he have so many Charlie Chaplin tattoos? And why does he insist on this being the only thing he gets tattooed? And she was like, do I break up with him? Because he constantly gets these stupid tattoos. And I was like, you know what? And, and she never wrote in and gave me an update, which I'm like, I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, I wonder if they stayed together. Yeah. I was like, what a weird thing. So but then, weird. It's so strange, but then you could also see how she would totally be like, this is weird. And is this like some sort of really specific red flag? That's hysterical. What is something that like you have needed advice on in the past that like if you, you know, maybe like your 23-year-old self could write into you now, like what would she ask? You know what? My 23-year-old self, or maybe I would say my 26 or 7-year-old self, I was dating a lot. And I was so afraid to tell people what I really wanted that I ended up going in just like absolute circles dating people and just like dating as many people as I possibly could because I couldn't verbalize and ask for the things that I actually wanted, which was a relationship that felt stable. Mm. And I wish I could go back and ask my... I would write into my podcast and say, what do I do when I want something serious, but I don't want to scare someone away. And I think it would have saved me so much like heartache and run around and wasted time. And not that I wasted time in any real sense because you learn stuff and you meet people and it's great, but wasted time in the sense of wasting a lot of hours thinking about how to keep people around that really weren't there for the same reasons as I was. Right. And I think that's a lot of people. I mean, we have people write in all the time about that, about being like, I'm scared to say I want a relationship or at what point can I tell someone I'm casually dating that I'm looking for something serious? And I think if I would have given the the advice back at 26, I would have said like, just, you know, be chill, be a chill girl. And I'm the opposite now. I'm like, be the least chill girl. I'm like, you know what? Tell people what you want. And if people are afraid, you're not saying I want a relationship marriage with you. But like, I think we should be able to say like, I'm looking for something more stable and long-term and I don't know who that's with, but that's something that I want. And I think being able to say that and not being afraid of someone running away from you is a really empowering thing that I wish I would have done when I was 26. 
I really like that. But my question to you is like, should you, like, when should you say that? You know what I mean? It's like, should you say that when you know it's that person? Or should you just say straight up, here's what I'm looking for without knowing them at all? You know what? I almost feel like it's less pressure if you say it right away. Not not to be like, I'm looking for someone to fill this slot, but like, hey, like I'm I'm really, you know, when people are like on their dating profiles, they're like, I'm not looking for anything serious. You know, and I, I get that. I think that's actually a good disclaimer. If you're really not looking for something serious, then like, let it be known. But I also think on the other end of like, I always really respected when guys had on their profiles, like in the end goal is a relationship, you know? And I think when you tell someone at first, like maybe on your first date, and it doesn't have to be like, I'm looking for a relationship. So get in line. It's less about that. But like, yes, some things that I want in my life, like I do want a stable relationship. I think that sounds really great. And I'm looking for someone to like really share my life with. And the thing is, is if someone's really afraid of that, you're not in deep enough to where they know it's about them. But I think, you know, letting it be known. And if someone runs away from that, then they probably, you know, you weren't going to change their mind. And maybe, and maybe you do change their mind, but I, I wasted a lot of time trying to change people's mind yeah. um, to be looking for the same things that I was looking for. I totally like respect that you would want to say it that soon. I just like just to, you know, for argument's sake, like I would never do that because I truly feel like unless it says on someone's profile, not looking for something serious. If you're on a date with someone, to me at least, it implies like, we're both looking for something substantial, right? So it's like, I feel like at least when I was dating, when someone was like, what are you looking for? Or like, you know, I would feel a little bit ambushed and maybe it's, you know, because I'm a Libra, which I didn't tell you before, but I would feel a little ambushed because I would be like, well, I'll know what I'm looking for when I find it, you know, like maybe I am someone who is looking for a relationship and who is looking for something long-term, but if I'm on the date and you're like, I realize there's a guy who's really hot, but he's stupid. Then all of a sudden I'm looking for sex that night and nothing else. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, so it can change all the time. I think it's, that's why I like it to say what I'm like. I hate when people say, what are you looking for? Because right. it's almost trapping people into giving you a response. It's more about yeah. stating, stating like the things you want in your life. Like, Hey, I want to work at a major record label. Even if that's not the job, the next job you're going to get or something, it's like, to me, it's more like future vision rather than like, it's about you. And, um, I would usually follow it up with a joke. Like, don't worry, you're not in the running yet. Like just to like lighten the mood and be, and be like, it's not about you. This is just like, I'm showing you my intention because what I was finding so much in my experience was getting to the fourth or fifth date and me being like, so should I stop dating other people? Or like, what? And then you're having to have a conversation about seriousness Mm -hmm. then. And then it's like, it almost puts more pressure because then you're like, okay, now it is kind of about you. Right. You know, I feel like also like alternatively, you could say like, where do you see yourself in five years type of totally so that it's more of like an interview kind of, but also like you're finding out if they see themselves like married with kids in five years or if they see themselves you know, if, if that doesn't come up at all, then, then that could right. potentially be a red flag. Totally. I, I think, I, I, I think we do just like as women and as people just like, just like speaking up about what you want in your life, whether that be mm. like romance or not, is just like arguably a good thing. It's so important. Okay. So we do these things on our Instagram. They are poll questions and we come up with new ones every day based on submissions or sometimes it's about my own life, but we're going to play this fun game where um, it's kind of like a rapid fire poll question situation. I'm excited. Love a game. Let's see. Okay. Do you have the right to be annoyed at your significant other if they're liking a bunch of celebrities photos of of their desired sex? depends on what the photo is. Is it a, is it like an Emrata like boobs photo? Yeah, Yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'd be annoyed. Okay. Normal to be in a relationship, but constantly be thinking of other people. No. 
Should you say I love you for the first time during quarantine while you're quarantining apart or wait until it's over? Mm. Whatever you feel is right. You shouldn't be saying I love you to someone that you're not sure if they're going to say it back. Yeah. If you're not excited about sex with significant other, is it a reason to break up? Yes. Should you follow your gut and break up or work harder on the relationship? I know that's not a lot of context, but... I would say most times if if the person is someone that you do love, it's worth the work. Relationships aren't easy, but um, depends on what that is. <laughs> depends on how long. Yeah. Is it possible to be happy in a relationship if you're not happy with your body? Yes. If you're on good and friendly terms with your ex, is it weird to invite them to your wedding? Depends on your partner, but I think yes. I mean, unless you're like really good friends. Like, Also, weddings are expensive. This is like a million dollars a plate. Right. Like, re- like you is need it to reduce it? that list. Uh-huh. <laughs> reduce the list any way you can. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need to tell your significant other if a previous fling reached out? Um, that's a boundary that we've created in our relationship. So I would say yes, but some relationships are more like open about that stuff. Mm-hmm. If your significant other cheats on you with their ex, is that more significant than with a random? Both are terrible, but I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the person you're recently seeing broke up their long-term with their long-term significant other two months ago. They talk about how they are still sad sometimes. Weird or normal? Normal. Mm-hmm. Normal to you're- feel that way. Maybe go slow. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like your friend's significant other because they treat them badly and are blind and the friend's blind to it, is it okay to distance yourself from your friendship with them? Depends. I mean, yes, if that's what you need for your own personal thing, but you can't use it as punishment. Yeah. You've been with your significant other since you were 17. Is it okay to be upset if you're 25 and they don't want to get engaged yet? God, that's so hard. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, if that's, yeah, like if that's so really babies. what you want. Yeah. But I would, yeah, I wouldn't want to get married at 25. I don't think they, like, I think the years don't count as long when you're that young. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? All. I think it's like dog uh-huh. years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Okay. So we usually end our episodes with a quote or a piece of advice that you have for our listeners to take away. Um, so this actually comes from an Instagram follower. I asked for relationship advice one day on my Instagram and some person, I don't, I'm so sad. I don't remember their name, but they just wrote this very simply. And it was, you can't quit on the same day. And I loved it because it infers that both people in a relationship at some points will want to quit or give up because things are hard or there takes work, but you just can't do it simultaneously you know, in a good relationship at least. And so I just love that. I love the sentiment of an understanding of difficulty in relationships and that they're just work, but also that you're on a team. And something about it, just like me and my partner always ask each other, like, I'm I'm not quitting today. So if you're quitting today, that's okay because I'm not. And it's just really stuck with me. It it really helps me. I love that. That's so cute. I'm totally going to use that. Yeah. Um, Shanae, where can everyone find you, follow you, listen to your podcast and more? Yes. My podcast is called Press Send. If you like kind of advice about lots of things, um, you can find me there. It's on all the podcasting platforms. And then um, you can find my main community at Shanae Alexander on Instagram. It's C-H-I-N-A-E Alexander, the normal way on Instagram. And I'm attempting TikTok. Don't judge me. I can't wait to go on TikTok and find you right now. I'm scared. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked the episode, please write us a review and check out our website. We met at acme.com for more information.